The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. And we are right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. I'm in, I think, my 12th year on Voice America. It's a wonderful network, and I encourage you to listen to many of the programs or all of the programs because there are so many gifted experts who are helping you to make the world a better place through these programs. And this certainly is one of those shows, Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. My guest with me is Dr. Claire Nicogosian. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and she's the creator of MomsWellBeing.com, a website for women on knowledge, skills, and compassion for self-care and motherhood. And our topic today is all about stress over the holidays. We're in our December month. We're two weeks to Christmas and New Year's, and a lot of people are stressed, and particularly moms. Welcome, Claire. Thank you so much. What a wonderful introduction. Thanks for having me today. (laughs) Well, good. Well, I want everybody to log on to your website, which is momswellbeing.com. So, Claire, what can moms do, particularly... With smaller children, you know, they're all clamoring for the gifts, and mom has to make sure she does it all. I know that dads help, but moms have a lot of responsibility. They sure do. And, you know, dads, again, I think times are changing, so dads are definitely becoming more involved. And um, the reality is, is that, you know, women are the ones that kind of carry on and ensure the traditions around the holidays, whether it be Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, Thanksgiving, birthdays, that these traditions get passed down. And consequently, on top of everything women have to do and moms have to do in their day-to-day life, now they have superimposed on them um, extra to-dos, such as, um, you know, cooking, um, shopping, um, creating a home for for the holidays with with nice traditions to carry on. So it is quite a lot of pressure for, for many, many mothers. What would you suggest? What would be one of the first things you'd suggest, Claire? Well, the first thing that I suggest is for women and, you know, parents alike to know that they're not alone. And, um, you know, that this is something we're all going through. And one of the most important things I encourage women and um, men that I work with is to really bring your expectations down to a reasonable level. Um, You know, get rid of the words such as perfect. Um, There's no such thing as a perfect holiday. Um, And so really kind of shaping your expectations to be reasonable and manageable with what you can do given what's going on in your family. So I think the first... um, piece I would encourage, you know, parents to consider is really, you know, not be so hard on themselves because they are under a lot of pressure to um, create things. What would you say to moms 
who were single moms this year for the first time, either through divorce or through death, and now they have to deal with the children who are used to having the dad there. How would you help them? Sure. So the first thing I would say is, you know, again, if there's any a time in your life to be gentle with the way you go about life after a loss, whether it be the, the physical loss of a loved one, um, the loss of a relationship, you know, starting the first year of separation, divorce, um, that can be very traumatic for people. So one, be gentle and compassionate with yourself and give yourself permission not to do everything as it was in the past. Um, sometimes parents uh, that I work with feel a pressure that it has to be just the same. And the reality is, at the end of the day, your children just want you home. So they want you there in some capacity. And if that means there's a shared visit or you're splitting up the holidays, um, however you can be present and focused on your child, um, I think will give you, as, an, as a parent going through a tough time during the holidays, a time to really connect and enjoy that time. And if you're not with your kids in the case of divorce or separation, I would really reach out to your supportive group of friends and family and um, create a new tradition. So, um, you know, that's what I would encourage because I think the holidays are filled with joy and excitement, um, but they're also filled with stress and loneliness for, for many people. So. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things you don't want to do, Claire, is to badmouth or to be angry or to, or if you are, not to share this with the children, correct? I completely agree. I think that children, um, you know, really love and care about their parents, even when parents make a mistake. I mean, there's a, the children are so forgiving. Um, and even when we make mistakes and do things that we feel is traumatic and harmful, um, children are really resilient, and they love their parents. And especially in the case of divorce, parents um, often, you know, let things slip that are negative about, um, you know, their soon-to-be ex-spouse, and it just creates um, confusion for the child and stress for the child because a child, you know, really never ask a child to choose between mom and dad. Um, I think that can be really complicated um, for a child. Right. Right. So... So what you're saying is try to make this as joyful a time as possible. Now, Claire, what about um, financial constraints? Let's say this year you don't have the money to buy the kinds of gifts you bought last year. How do you mm-hmm. handle that with children? It's true. And so I think, again, it's, it's having an open dialogue with what you're comfortable about sharing with them. Um, you know, a lot of times this time of year, there's a lot of emphasis put on the commercialism and the marketing and the gifts um, that are to be bought. And really, that's not really the message of, of most of this year. It's about connecting with family and friends and appreciating, um, you know, and having gratitude for, for who is in your life. Um, because over time, those, those objects, those toys, those iPads, those digital um, you know, reading units, I mean, they, they're interesting, but they don't fill um, you know, the, the place of happiness. They don't take the, the, the place of it. So I think when a parent is comfortable with their decision financially, then it trickles down um, to their child. If the parent is very anxious and they feel like they are failing their child because maybe finances are tight this year, there's some unexpected costs, and they, the parent feels the pressure to make it the same, that's going to trickle down. So I think as a parent, when you're clear about what you can and cannot do, 
Um, you can have a dialogue with the child um, d- depending on their age and um, whatever you're celebrating, whether it be Hanukkah or Christmas. Um, you can have those conversations depending on your beliefs and, and the developmental age. And I also think it's a time to, you know, maybe say instead of, you know, spending all this money on a bunch of gifts, we're going to do one experience together as a family and have some smaller gifts. So um, it really is up to the individual's comfort level um, because some children are very anxious and worried about money. So you don't want to also overload them as well. I think the parent's job is to truly protect um, the child, but um, you have to keep that within reason. Yeah, so it's really all about the presentation, isn't it, to the child? I agree. I do. I think it's about the presentation. And children are amazing. I mean, they're such wonderful reads on what we're not comfortable with. Um, So if a child sees a parent who has um, interest and is being authentic and um, their body language, their their voice tone um, matches everything they're saying, that's genuine communication. And a child will feel secure and reassured by that. And one of the things I I also want to add is, you know, I work with a lot of adults and over the the 20 years in in various capacities of being a therapist, I can tell you I have rarely heard um, a a person come in and say, I'm so mad at my mom and dad for not making a Christmas. What children, adults say about their childhood is, I wanted more time with my mom and dad. I wanted more time as a family. So um, that's a great lesson for me that, and a reminder that over time, that's a constant message that I hear um, in sessions is, is people really longing for more um, personal connections with, with loved ones. And also my question to you is, do you think that, you know, if you're having difficulties yourself coping, you know, and you, and you don't want to bring it to the children, but certainly it's in there, do you think you should mm-hmm. go for help? and get some help so that you will be able to, you know, let it out in the right place. Absolutely. And I think, you know, many people have some negative views about reaching out for mental health support. And I personally think it's one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself, not just because I'm in the business of it, um, but because I know it works. And many people sometimes just need a couple of sessions to come in and talk about something. And then that relationship with the counselor is established. And you'd be surprised how... Um, what symptom relief clients feel after coming in for two sessions, and then they're fine for four or three sessions, and then they're fine to go about and come back when they need to. So um, I think, you know, reaching out to supportive people is helpful. Having a group of um, peers that you feel comfortable with, whether it be childhood friends, family members, um, other parents with children the same age, just anytime isolation happens, it's a dangerous place for people because then you start feeling guilty and shameful and negative. And any time you can kind of let some of that out um, in the right way, like to, to peers or to family members, um, I think it could really help you manage your own stress. Yeah, yeah, very, very good points. Mm-hmm. Right, we have about uh, four minutes to, the, to break, so and then we're going to come back. But before we go to break, can you give us some some tips that you think would help moms? I mean, for example, you know, should they meditate? Should they go for a massage? Now, not everybody can do this in terms of time or money. Um, Should they, you know, watch a fun movie? Should they take a bath? I mean, what do you think? I agree, and I think, you know, we we need to make um, things accessible and easy to to incorporate into your day-to-day life. So, you know, many women put so many other people on the to-do list that they end up giving away time for themselves. 
So I would suggest that women just look at your calendar and pick even 15 minutes a day, whether it be closing your eyes and regulating your breathing, having a nice cup of tea, um, reading a book, um, watching a funny sitcom or movie, journaling. These are all things that reduce stress and increase your connection um, to yourself and to what's going on in the world. So um, I think it's so important to find manageable things that bring you joy. Um, and I've actually written about many of these things we're talking about on my website, momswellbeing.com. I actually talk about you know, how to take care of yourself when you're stressed during the holidays with a bunch of different um, suggestions and tips on how to do so. Okay, which is really great. All right, and let's give your website again. It's momswellbeing.com. That's correct, momswellbeing.com. And there's a bunch of different categories and topics that I've written on about self-care and well-being and um, how, to, how to manage emotional eating as well as, um, you know, helping siblings reduce conflict with one another um, and family mealtime together, the importance of it. So I really try to capture um, topics that are relevant to parents um, and, and families. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. Right now, we are talking to Dr. Claire Nikogosian, and she is a licensed clinical psychologist, and she's the creator of MomsWellBeing.com, a website for women on knowledge, skills, and compassion for self-care and motherhood. And we're talking about self-care, particularly over the holidays when moms are so stressed and, and, and excited, but it's a stressful <laughs> time for all of us. So we'll continue our discussion. Um, the numbers will be given out by the announcer during the break, but they are four zero, uh, they are eight six six, and it's four seven two five seven eight eight. If you'd like to call in, you're listening to Patricia Rask and Positive Living, and it's right here on Voice America, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. 
If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Hello, everyone, and we are back. And this is Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living. And my guest is Dr. Claire Nikogosian. She's a licensed clinical psychologist. She's the creator of MomsWellbeing.com, a website for women on knowledge, skills, and compassion for self-care and motherhood. And welcome back, Claire. Thank you. Yeah. We want to talk now about how do we, how do moms, and it could be dads too, bring more joy into their life, particularly at this time of year. Right. I think that's a real challenge for a lot of parents. You know, they have so much to do on top of their other demands that is calling to them. So it can be really hard to, you know, find those moments of happiness or those moments of joy. And, you know, I myself with with what I do for a living and still being a mother to four kids, I was reminded of that last week when I was running late and everything had gone wrong in the morning and I was running late and trying to get my four-year-old into preschool. And she stopped and just opened her mouth and started catching snowflakes. And it was such a reminder for me that here I was going fast through my day saying, come on, hurry up, hurry up. We're already 15 minutes late. What's a minute of catching snowflakes really going to do? So, um, you know, I often tell parents, start with looking at your children first. You know, my little daughter, you know, she really inspired me to kind of stop and take this moment because that's what she was doing. She just stopped in her tracks and opened up her mouth and was you know, in in pure bliss, just catching the snowflakes. So I think a lot of times if we just take a deep breath and, you know, calm that, that ticker tape in our mind of all the things to do and look at our children experiencing joy, they can be a really, really wonderful teachers to us. Yeah. Oh, I love that little story. Yeah, <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> so what now what advice do you give to parents when they're, or to moms, when their children start getting stressed out, Claire? Sure. You know, one of the things I always say is that there are always eyes watching you. And, um, you know, my one daughter says, Mom, that sounds so creepy. But um, what I mean is that, you know, when you're a parent, um, children are not only learning from what you say but what you do. So if you're noticing your child stressed out, the first thing I encourage parents to do is, you know, really put some awareness onto their own behaviors. What are they doing? Is the child mimicking and kind of holding what the family stress may be that day? Um, and if, if you're in a pretty relaxed state and, um, you know, your spouse and, and the siblings are in a relaxed state, um, then I think it's good to, to ask the child, is it something at school? What are they nervous about? And just start a dialogue um, to understand what they may be going through. Um, but, you know, children need just the same things that we do as adults. They need a routine in terms of their bedtime. Um, they need to eat food that is nutritious and non-stimulating. I'm always amazed that some parents are feeding their kids soda um, with caffeine and then, you know, wondering why their child isn't sleeping. So um, just some of the, the, the basic things that we often take for granted that we need for ourselves, um, our children need as well. Yeah, I think that's so true. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you say, you know, take the time, I mean, part of it is just um, having them understand. I think that's part of it. And the other thing you just said about the sugar, I mean, that can make 
any of us a little bit crazy if we and and sugar is so prevalent at this time of year more than ever it really is and and you know that's the that's also kind of the nice part of of the holidays, you know, there's all these extra things around that we have good associations with, but all in moderation. Um, and I think when it comes to children, it's really important to understand that the physiological nature of their growing bodies is that they metabolize sugar and caffeine differently than adults. So it's really important to understand that, you know, um, one caffeinated drink to an adult may not impair their sleep, but that is metabolized four times more intensely by a child. So that I didn't means know that. I didn't know that, but it makes sense. It does make sense. So, you know, a 12-year-old having a can of soda, it's as if they've had four cans of soda. So it's really important to understand the sensitivity of a child's body on, you know, certain chemicals that they ingest um, because a lot of times, you know, those basic lack of physical care will show up in, you know, emotional um, stress. So I think it's really important for parents to start with, regular bedtimes, um, structured, you know, dinner times around the same time every night, um, you know, keep the routines as much as possible, really help children during times of stress. Yeah, that's so important. You know, I never realized that, but of course it would make sense that a child's body is going to be affected a lot more Mm -hmm. than an adult body Mm because they're littler. Yeah, interesting stuff. And what about Um, sleep? What about sleep for children, Claire? What about, I mean, we talk about how adults, we should get more sleep, and sleep is so important for adults, but what about kids? Sure. You know, I'm not a sleep expert. Um, I know locally, if you're in the Rhode Island area, there's the Brown Sleep Study um, Clinic, which, you know, they're much more of an expertise than I can um, you know, speak about. But what I do know is there's a, a wonderful book um, that's a, a great resource, um, and it's called Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Child. Um, and I believe the name is Wise Bluff. Um, and that's a great book um, for new parents. Let me see. It's a great book for new parents um, as well up into the teenage years because it talks about how much sleep a child needs at each developmental stage of their life, and it goes through, I believe, up until adolescence. So, again, that's Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Child by um, Michael Wisebluff. I'm sorry, Mark Wisebluff, MD. Oh, that's really great. Great information for us. It's a great resource. Yeah. All right. What else do you want us to know, Claire? I mean, you work with you work with women, but you work with families too, correct? Or do you work? What What is the base of your client base? Sure. Well, I work with um, I work with mainly adults. Um, I do have a couple families that I work with, um, but I work with you know anyone in the adolescence all the way up to eighty, um, which is really wonderful to work with you know, so many people across the lifespan. Um, but one of the things I can tell you that I'm often humbled by in, in my practice is, you know, people's um, pursuit of wanting to be happy and not often um, certain how to go about that. And so I do a lot of, you know, kind of support around how people can, you know, increase some happiness in their life is, is something that I spend a lot of time on with people. All right. So give us some more tips about happiness. There's been a lot of studies about happiness, as you know. Lots of books written about it. 
a lot, and it's really hard sometimes to know which ones to pick up. I always gravitate to the, the books that have the you know solid research um, behind them. Um, positive psychology is a big movement coming coming out of uh, American Psychological Association with Martin Seligman as the president uh, many years back. So it's it's definitely positive psychology. If you Google that, you'll find some great resources on that. Um, but in terms of happiness. I recently read a, a great book called um, Cultivating Happiness, um, uh, A Seven-Step Guide to Mind- Mindfulness by Terry Freilich. And it was a wonderful book talking about the obstacles that often happen um, in experiencing happiness. And just briefly, you know, people often believe that happiness should just happen, um, irregardless of who you are, that it's something that's just passively given to you. Um, a lot of people also tend to think that if only I had this, then I would be happy. Um, and that, that belief tends to block um, happiness. Having a stressed and overactive mind tends to um, block happiness. And just the challenges of life. I mean, it's really hard to be happy all the time when you have financial stress or job loss or, you know, the, the, the ending of a relationship. So understanding that happiness um, can, can come sporadically, it can come in more pieces of contentment, but overall you really have to look and create happiness for yourself internally. Know what makes you happy and then go about seeking that in your life. Yeah, well, I, you hit upon some of the major ones. You mm-hmm. know, job loss, any financial stress, health stress, relationship stress. And Absolutely. But there are ways to find happiness during those times, right, Claire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. And, and what would you suggest, you know, when you're going through this kind of situation, which is very stressful, Again, whether it's a financial situation, a health situation, a relationship, what's one of the first things you would suggest in terms of maintaining some kind of happiness? Right. I think it's important whenever you're going through a crisis or stress in life is to slow down and actually, you know, sit in quiet as often as you can. So often we have computers on, smartphones the television, music in the car. We're never really allowing our mind to rest and to allow ourselves to creatively think about what we need. We're kind of going through the motions through the next thing on the to-do list. So, you know, sitting in silence, um, focusing on regulating your breathing, um, asking yourself, you know, what makes me happy, what brings me joy is a wonderful place to start because joy for me and happiness for me may not be the same for you. So that's the individual, what we call individual difference about what makes people happy. So I I encourage people first to think about what would make you happy. I know a lot of um, parents that I work with um, say, you know, extra sleep, being able to eat a meal without being interrupted, um, being able to have a little bit of freedom or time to themselves. So if you can't go on a vacation or you can't go away for a weekend um, that may not be cost affordable, how can you boil down the essence of that into something day-to-day that you look forward to? Um, So I really encourage people to think about what they can do that's manageable and feasible given their finances and their time constraints. Um, If you're a single mom or you have a spouse who's in the military or travels a lot, you're not going to have a lot of freedom. So how can you still find joy and happiness in those moments for yourself is is really the biggest question. And that takes some work and some time and support. 
All right. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on. Let's give out your website again, Claire, for folks. Sure. It's um, it's momswellbeing.com, and um, it's a great place to read more about some of the things we've talked about today. And um, my focus is on supporting moms and dads and giving them as much support on their own self-care and well-being. All right. Thanks so much for giving such great tips to moms and to all of us for bringing more joy in our lives and handling holiday stress. Thank you, Claire. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me today. All right. All right. Okay. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, uh, we're going to be right back, and when we come back, we'll be here with Dr. Bill Rawls, and we'll be talking about health and wellness. You're listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, and this is right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.